chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, continuing our series out of the book of Luke. And uh, tonight we are dealing with this thought, God's impossible, our possible. God's impossible, our possible. Beginning in verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? This was where we focused last time we were in the book of Luke and dealing with the difference between skepticism and sincere understanding. And Mary, in contrast to Zacharias, is not skeptical. She simply does not understand And so the angel explains it to her. The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord Be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. God's impossible, our possible. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing to honor God's word. So as a reminder of where we were, Gabriel, after delivering the message to Zacharias and rebuking him and uh, giving him a correction for his skepticism and causing him to lose his ability to speak until John was born from his wife who was up in years, Elizabeth. Gabriel is then sent to Mary. So Gabriel comes in to Mary, and Mary is obviously surprised and troubled and concerned. And Gabriel tells her that she doesn't need to be afraid and says to Mary, who was a virgin at the time, you are going to give birth to the Son of God, to the Messiah, to the promised one that the nation of Israel has been waiting for. And there's some amazing description that we haven't looked at thoroughly yet. But he makes this statement, he's going to sit on the throne of his father David, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. This was a huge deal that the promised one is going to come, not just in her lifetime, but that God, according to this angel, is going to use her body, is going to use her life, to bring into the world the Messiah. Now, as I stated a moment ago, she was not skeptical like Zacharias was. Zacharias said, hang on, basically, this, this isn't really going to be able to happen. Mary just wants to understand. And so she, she asked the question, how can this be, 
seeing I know not a man. She was espoused to Joseph. Legally, they were already bound, but as their custom was, they had not yet come together in a physical union of marriage. And so she's simply stating the fact that without this physical relationship, it's impossible for me, from the human perspective, to be able to have a child. And so I love Gabriel's explanation in verse 35. Here you go. You ready? This is how it's going to happen, Mary. The Holy Ghost will come upon thee. Right. The power of the highest will overshadow thee. And that thing which shall be born of thee will be called the Son of God. I got it now. Why didn't you just start with that the first time, Gabriel? Oh, the Holy Ghost come upon me. The power of the highest overshadow me and the Son of God. I got it. No, honestly, that explanation doesn't make any more logical sense other than this. Mary, God is going to do something that only God can do. That's the statement that Gabriel was making to her. No, you are going to be used to bring into the world the promised one. And she says, how can this be, seeing I don't have this relationship? And he tells her, God is going to do something. The Holy Ghost will be upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow thee. I love that description of God, the highest. That means that he's the one who authors the laws of creation and he's able to circumvent the laws of creation which he put into place at whatever time he deems best. And so he's saying to Mary, listen, the one who has all power over all of these things is going to bring about the conception of the Son of God within your womb without the aid of a man. Simply, the angel says this in verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. He referenced in verse 36 how her older cousin Elizabeth was with child. And then just confronts her with this. With God, nothing is impossible. We call this the, or I'm calling this tonight, the impossible of God. That he is able to do things. He is able to do things on our behalf. He is able to use us. He is able to do things that without him they would be impossible to us. He is, he is the God of the impossible, meaning he makes those things which are out of our reach, he brings them within our reach. Now, please think about this. We need God to do things that are impossible for us. We need God to accomplish two things on our behalf or in our life, or through our effort. We need him to do things that to us are impossible. There are hearts that cannot be reached simply by human effort. It's not enough for us to emotionally affect people. It's not enough for us to simply make people feel something. We need for God to work in them and to convince them of their need for him. Listen, the reason that you got saved isn't simply because someone came along and compelled you better than somebody else. The only reason you got saved is because God wanted you to be saved and by his spirit and his word, he worked in your heart and he drew you and he gave you an understanding that is beyond our ability to grasp without the help of God. 
Salvation is not a natural work. Salvation is a divine work that is achieved by God and is accomplished in the hearts of men and women by God alone. And I love, I love Brother Z's enthusiasm. I love his costume. I love all those things that are going on. But we want so much more than for children to have a good time this week. No, we want them to have a good time. And we want them to see, especially those that are raised at this church and that are saved or coming to the knowledge of salvation, we want them to understand that serving God can be a blast. It can be a good time. And we want there to be enthusiasm and fun and laughter and excitement. And yes, we want there to be competition. We want the boys and the girls going at it. Hallelujah. It's in the Bible somewhere. Oh, I know where it starts. In the beginning, the woman thou gavest me, the man. This competition didn't start here. It's been going on since the fall, hallelujah. No, we want all that and we'll rejoice in all of that. But please understand, our ultimate goal is not simply to have large crowds where people are excited and parents are bringing their kids back and people are really pleased with the organized effort to minister to children at West Valley Baptist Church. We want that, but that's not the ultimate goal. And we got to be honest, the ultimate goal is beyond our reach because it is impossible for anyone, no matter how enthusiastic or talented they are, whether it's Brother Z or anyone else, to reach into a living heart, a soul, and convince that person they need Jesus Christ. That's a work that only God can do. Impossible. Man, I, I agree, Brother Max. It's amazing. I love it that people are coming I love it that people are excited about their church. I love it that you're excited about your church. And I love it that people are being introduced and coming. And people are hearing the gospel and people are hearing preaching. But please don't ever misunderstand the heart of your pastor or the heart of anyone else that's up on this platform. Our goal is so much higher and so much greater than just having people come to a room. And I do not go home and say, well, man, we had a lot of people. I guess it was a success. We want so much more than that, but what I desire is beyond my reach, that God would take the foolishness of this effort and the, and the exploration and the explanation of the word of God, and he would reach into your souls with all of your busyness and your weariness and your distraction and your stubbornness and your struggle, and he would convince you of his sufficiency on a daily and weekly basis. Man, I want God to affect your heart. But that's beyond me. That's something only God can do. There are wounds that need to be healed. That only God can do. There are divisions that have been caused that only God can restore. There are fears and anxieties that lay waste to people's souls and to their confidence that only God can alleviate. There are angers and there are frustrations that only God can help people navigate. There are habits that only, only God can overcome. And, and I want to be a church where we are filled with 
with people who will cheer. I want us to be, I want us to be spiritual cheerleaders. I want us to be there rooting on the struggling, rooting on the weary, rooting on the hurting, rooting on the broken. But no matter how many spiritual cheerleaders there are, there must be a special work that only God can do where he reaches into the life, the soul, the spirit of someone and convinces them of his sufficiency and begins to transform them, begins to heal them, begins to restore them. I want so much more than just people showing up. I want to be a church where people's lives are being changed. I'm watching the property prices. I look at this and I think a lot of things, most of them are really good. I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm afraid that if, if something doesn't happen, we could lose an opportunity. I'm, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you how I think, sharing with you some transparency. And yet, even, even as we make progress as a church, it seems like property prices are progressing at a quicker rate than we are, if you know what I mean. And so you have to say, God, there's things that we need you to do that are beyond what we can do. No, we need God to open doors. We need God to make some kind of way. We need God to make provision. I'm not talking about this like it's desperate, but I am. I am desperate to reach as many people as we can reach. I am desperate for people to know the truth of Jesus Christ. I am desperate. If Jesus died to bring sinners to himself and to restore them and to heal them and to lift them up, then we ought to desire the same thing. Only God could do what Gabriel was talking about. But here's the point. There was one thing, one thing Mary could do. All of this description was impossible for her. But there was, <laughs> there was one thing Mary could do. Notice how she responds in verse number 38. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. In a word, the one thing Mary could do was to be available. Lord, this is beyond what I can comprehend. And I I don't want you to miss this. This will get more significant as we develop it. But my body, and for a wife, or excuse me, for a woman, a spouse to be married, not yet married, and all of the perception and implication that would come being with child without yet having come together with your husband and the thoughts of people around you, this was no small thing. She was literally saying, God, I can't comprehend how you do all that you do, but I believe you. Here's what I can do. I can be available. God, I am making my body. I am making this womb. 
I am making this body that you created, I am making it available for you to use, for you to fill, for you to work in, for you to do with it whatever you desire to be done. The word available means this. Wait, it does not mean talented. The word available does not mean having all the answers. The word available does not mean having the most skill. The word available means present and ready for immediate use. It's obvious that she had faith because faith always produces an act. And in this situation of an event that was impossible, a working that was impossible, the one thing that she could be that would be useful to God doing an impossible work was to simply say, I am available. There was a man who applied for a job as a handyman. The prospective employer asked a series of questions to find out his level of skill. First, he said, can you do carpentry? Negative. He said, well, what about bricklaying? Nope. What about electrical work? Not even a little bit. What about plumbing? I know a Samoan who can, but I can't. Finally, the employer said to him, well, tell me what it is exactly that is handy about you. And the man replied this, I live just around the corner. <laughs> Bill Parcells, the coach of the several teams in the NFL, would go, he won a Super Bowl, he'd go on to be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. He made this statement about his players, or to his players, the best ability and he was dealing with very physically gifted individuals. The best ability is availability. Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is his reasonable service. The one thing that all of us can do in the work of God doing things that are impossible to us, is we can be available. And we've got to remember this as we come upon a week where you will be challenged and you will be weary and where at times you won't want to participate or you won't want to have the same level of energy or excitement. You've got to remember that God does his work through people. You got saved because someone in some way shared the gospel with you. You were restored because somewhere someone invested in you and didn't give up on you. You've been healed or you are finding healing because someone sees you in your difficulty and is reaching out to you. You've experienced victory because someone was interested in you and poured into your life. You have opportunity to serve. We have opportunity to serve. I have opportunity to pastor because someone before me invested in pastoring. God does his work through people. So here's the statement. God will do his impossible who, through people who will do what is their possible. God will do his impossible through people who will do what is their possible. Let me give you some biblical examples. You ready? Jesus, disciples, feed these folks. Too many. 
Thomas, we have this, five and two. But then he makes this statement, what are they among so many? You know what Jesus showed? You don't have to understand how the equation works out to accomplish the work of God. You just need to be available. You make this food available and watch what I can do with it. Peter walking on the water. Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Peter couldn't understand how what was happening was happening. All he could do was be available to take a step of faith. And so he does that. And he begins to walk on the water. Esther, she couldn't change the laws. She couldn't turn the law that said if you approach the king without being bidden and he doesn't hold out the golden scepter to you, then you'll be executed. She couldn't change that. She couldn't change on her own the perception of Haman and how he had been elevated and her own people, the people of God, were in danger, uh, danger of being exterminated. She, she, couldn't, she didn't have the power to do all of those things, but she did have the power by faith to pray and then to go before the king. And literally, she was there at the risk of dying, making her body a living sacrifice. Ruth didn't have the ability to restore Naomi's spirit from being bitter to trust in God. Ruth didn't have the ability to bring about some miraculous working where she would be made to be a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. All she could do was be available to go out into a field and pick up scraps as the poor did. David going around, he couldn't rally the armies of Saul. He couldn't convince Saul to lead the men like a man. He couldn't convince his brothers who were older and stronger physically and bigger than him to go out and face this giant knowing God was with them. He couldn't do any of that, but he could do this. I can be available. And so he was. I love that about David. Saul puts his armor on him, and it doesn't work because it's not what he's accustomed to. He's not used to it. And so he does what he does. And God takes what he does and does what only he can do. God does the impossible through people who are willing to do what is possible for them. You know what our problem is? A couple of things. Thank you for asking. Number one, we get too distracted with what other people do better than us. It's number one. We get too distracted with what other people do better than us. Man, I like it that there are people that sing well. I like it that people, there are people who play the piano well. Here's the truth. That's not everybody. <laughs> He's since gone on to heaven, but... Uh, choir director that taught me in college, developed an amazing choir, just incredible music ministry, and we asked him, what do you do when someone's in the choir that really shouldn't be there? Like, that's wrong. Not if you want the choir to be good. Is this bothering y'all? <laughs> Thank you, Brother <laughs> What do you do if somebody just can't figure it out? And he said, I sit down with him and I say, maybe God has a different ministry for you. <laughs> Sometimes, stay with me. Sometimes we are focused on what other people do better than us. 
Can I remind you that God doesn't use other people because of their talent? All the talent in the world doesn't place being available. God isn't using Brother Nate simply because he's talented, or Brother Adam because he has a, a, some musical gifts, or Miss Jessica, because there are lots of people with musical gifts that, will not, that are not consistently here or at church somewhere. God uses people first and foremost because they present themselves to him. So stop looking at what others do better than you. And then the second thing is very similar, but I believe personally there's a distinction. We focus not only on what other people can do better than us, which is focusing on them, we focus on what we cannot do. And we sit here and we're constantly analyzing ourselves, well, I can't do that, or I can't do that, or I can't do that. Rather than having the faith of a, of a man applying for a handyman job, listen, I can't do those things, but I'm close, and maybe I could learn, and maybe I could have an opportunity. Rather than having the faith of Mary that says, listen, I don't understand how you're going to do all this, but you're God, and so I'm available. We, we come to God with our excuses, like Moses at the burning bush. God, I'm slow of speech. God, what am I going to tell him? God, who am I going to say sent me? God, I can't go by myself. And we're constantly focused on what we cannot do instead of saying, God, I'll be available and you use me however you want to. So here's how you be available. Number one, walk with God. Walk with God. Be in your Bible tomorrow. He's still got something to say tomorrow. He's going to have something to say to you on Tuesday, on Thursday, on Wednesday, on Friday, on Saturday. He's going to have something to say on Sunday. But I'll have something to say before then, and I'll have something to say after then. Walk with God. Be in prayer. Talk to him. Make yourself available to God through prayer and saying, God, I want you to work, and God, I want you to use me. But you've got to walk with God. The people that we see in many cases being so useful to God's purpose, it's not because their talent exceeded everyone else's necessarily. It's because their availability to God and their desire to walk with him was what it was in a place where God could speak and use them. Number two, take, take initiative to invest in somebody. Don't make this complicated. If you have a talent, you need to figure out how to invest it in people's lives for the work of God. And God's given us a place called the church where we can do that. And God gives you opportunities and a community and a job. So here's what you need to do. You need to be looking around and say, God, who can you use me to minister to today? Ask him. No, literally ask him. Spend some time in saying with each morning, maybe you're driving to work. Maybe you're getting ready to run your errands. Maybe you're sitting on the couch tonight making out your shopping list or your errand list for the week. But in that time and in that preparation, say, God, I really want to be a witness to someone. God, I really want to be a blessing to someone. God, I really want to touch someone. So help me to be aware. And when you see an opportunity, initiate. You got, look, look for it. Okay, you know how it is. Somebody's car won't start and they're parked right next to you and you try not to make eye contact so you can get out of there. <laughs> Don't lie. That's not, that's not what happened to me this week. That happened three weeks ago. 
This last week, it was, <sighs> took my brother and his family to Lucky Peak, that area, a little above it, and some dude got too close to the water with their truck and got stuck. And they start walking over towards us. And my brother, my brother says, looks like somebody's stuck. And I'm like, uh, I'm just going to go under the water now. Two hours later, my vehicle getting stuck twice, Joshua's vehicle getting stuck, and going around begging people for toe straps all over that place, we got him out. But you know what else we got to do? Got to talk to him. Got to minister to him. You got to look, take initiative. You say, I don't, I don't know what to tell a family who's going through loss. How about you tell them you love them and you'll pray for them? Write them a note. Number three, first one, walk with God. Number two, take initiative to serve somebody, invest in somebody. Number three, do what you know, do what you know you should do with your life. Young people, young people, God, God wants to do impossible things through your life. You know, one of the things that set Mary apart was her spirit and her obedience. And young ladies, don't think God is going to do something miraculous with you if you can't get your attitude right with your mom and dad. Come on, somebody ought to help me with that. Don't think God is going to use you, young men, if you can't, if you won't learn to consistently say, hey, this is my authority and this is the direction we're moving. I'm going to submit to that and I'm going to obey that. Do what you know you should do. Do the things that are right in front of you. Go on with that. Be available. It'll be a challenge to your priority. It'll be a challenge because you will be weary. It'll be a challenge sometimes because of the perception. Those were all things Mary had to deal with. She, her priorities changed in that moment. She felt the weariness that comes from carrying a child and the perception that she had to deal with was that of a woman who had been unfaithful. And we'll read about that, or we read about that in other places in the story. But through all of that, she made herself available. God does the impossible through people who are willing to do the possible of being available. You know what you're doing tonight? Being available. You understand, there's a... You'll never hear the messages God wants to use to help you, and you'll never be able to talk to the people God wants to use you to minister to if you're not consistently here. You got to be here. Be available. You say, I don't know what God's going to do with VBS, but you know what I can do? I can show up and pass out some cookies. I can pray. I can lead a song. I can act ridiculous in a skit. I can be available and see what amazing, thing God, amazing things God does. I, God is so awesome. He does great work, not because of who we are. He does great work because of who he is. But that great work requires people to be available. Just keep being available. Let's all stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wonder if there would be someone who would say, I, sh I struggle to be available like I need to be.
Sometimes I'm just, I'm selfish. Sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes I'm tired. But there's a specific area where I know I'm not as available as I need to be. And I want God to affect my heart for that. I want God to affect my heart. I, I need to learn how to be available to him. And I need to learn how to walk with him. I need to learn how to look for opportunities to invest. I need to do the things I know that are right in front of me. I need to work. I need to be more available. You say, that's me. You raise your hand and say, yeah, I see it. God bless you. Yep, God bless you. You can put them down. You don't have to be a superhero in order for God to do supernatural things through your life. You just have to be available. We get tired. How many of you would say this? I'm, I work at being available, but honestly, Pastor, I just get really tired. Yep, see it, I see it. How many of you say, I, I work at being available, but I get really, really discouraged when I don't see the results that I want to see? Yep, yep, it's true. But there is no substitute for us just being available to do the work of God to God, for God to work in us, God to work through us. So if you're, if you're struggling to continue to be available or if you have failed to be available and, and you desire to become that or get back into that, then you respond to the Lord if he's spoken to your heart. God doesn't ask you for anything more than you can give simply to present your body say, God, I'll, I'll do what I can. I'll work in a nursery. I'll make a phone call. I'll, I'll talk to somebody. I'll pass out a track. I'll look for somebody that needs help when I'm running errands. God, I'll be available. And you'll be amazed at what God can do. While we sing, you respond to the Lord if he's spoken to you. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Brother Adam will sing one more verse. Still have opportunity to respond to the Lord.
Father, thank you very much for your love for us, and thank you for your ability to do amazing things. And we don't have to have all the answers for what you can do or how you can do it. Father, salvation is such an amazing mystery. And yet I know that you save people and know that you desire to save. And uh, Father, I pray that you would help us to be a part of the work that you are doing by being available. And we don't need to be more than what we are. We need to do our very best at what we can. But Father, the rest is left up to you. And so help us to be available so that we can see you do the impossible in our lives and through our lives. Thank you, Father, for who you are. And pray for your blessing on the meetings tonight and your blessing on the week that's ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.